welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Good afternoon. Uh, welcome and thank you guys for joining the St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church podcast. It's our weekly podcast where we get together, we sit down, we have uh, great conversations uh, really around the sermon from the previous uh, Sunday. And I'm Josh Coates, the pastor of discipleship at St. Andrew's, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, D.A. Bennett. You know, am I a mythological being? If so, I've got to pick out what my my mythological spirit animal right is, you know uh uh minotaur centaur yeah you know uh i i think i'm probably more like medusa people look at me and they just turn to stone so and we are also joined by the man behind the curtain jeff how are you doing today jeff i'm doing fantastic it's uh we're all boys weekend so far we are you, you know this is a little weird because uh it's actually i guess a foreshadowing of things to come because you know when we started the podcast it was really stephanie that came to me and said hey we let's do a podcast and then you know i had the idea coming into this year what if we did something live and interactive during lent actually hope that uh if you have questions if you're watching us live please submit those questions and and really i can tell you in the future if you have a question and you know we're going to be kind of recapping the sermon on the podcast go ahead and send that to us by email we'll be glad to do that but yeah next week we'll be uh Pastor Stephanie's last week on staff. Yeah, and last I, I won't. Podcast. Unfortunately, I won't be here next week, so uh, you guys will have to send her off without me. I will be this time next week. I will be at Mount Rushmore. Okay, so now so, now you're rubbing it in, you know, <laughs> and but that's not what your original plan was. No, 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 it was okay. Yeah, it's it's a four thousand mile road trip. The first half of the trip is Badlands and Mount Rushmore, and then the second half is Yellowstone and Arches. That that part of the trip is having to be adjusted a little bit because of the issues at Yellowstone, but we are going to get to spend at least one day in Yellowstone. Uh, say hopefully Yellowstone dries out right. by then, but you'll be begging for that water when you go to Arches because yeah. uh, I'm It'll sure it's heating up there in the high yeah. desert. So um, again, that's that's enough about us. Let's, let, <laughs> I loved your, let's I loved your, yeah, I loved your sermon this week um, with the idea of apostleship. And so uh, I thought maybe you just uh, maybe give a, a brief recap for those that didn't get to to be join us Sunday morning online or in person or haven't had a chance to go back and look at that yet. Easily enough done. You know, we're looking in Acts chapter two and we're talking about creation of the church, and and we've got to remember that God is the one that creates the church, but it's different than it was in creation. In creation, God speaks, and there it is. But now in creating the church, God is using something outside of himself, and he's using people because that's what the church is. The church is a gathering of people committed to worship and, and service. Um, and in Acts 2, after they received the Holy Spirit, we, we get kind of, I, I like to call it a recipe. I don't know if that's really a good definition or description of it, but a, a recipe of what the early church did once people had committed their lives to Christ once they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and baptized with water what did they do and we read in Acts 242 that all the believers gathered together and they devoted themselves was a translation I use you yeah. could say committed themselves to the apostles teaching to fellowship to 
the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And so we're right now looking, we're going to look at each one of those, but it's committed to uh, the apostles' teaching. And just try to answer some basic questions that uh, who are the apostles and what were they teaching? <laughs> yeah, and, and I like, uh, I don't know if you said it exactly this way. You may have, but you, it was something to the effect of, all apostles are disciples, but not all disciples are apostles. And you really talked about the, the difference between you know, the two. I, that's one of the interesting things about Scripture. And sometimes we get a, too, a little bit too limited in how we define things and try to categorize them. Because if I were to ask you to name who are the 12 disciples, you know, you might give a list. And I said, well, who are the 12 apostles? You'd probably give the, the same list. Uh -huh. But there really is a difference in understanding between a disciple and an, an apostle. A disciple, the the best definition, easiest definition of what is a disciple is it's a student. Rabbis were teachers. Disciples were students. I like and to think of it as an imitator. You are imitating it, it, someone. Right. That is your mentor that is and, discipling and that's, you. And, and Paul even writes that later when he says, I think it's in Ephesians 5, he says, you know, uh, be imitators of Christ. Yeah. Um, and so a disciple is really a student. And when we talk about our discipleship, we're talking about learning who Jesus is and learning the things that Jesus says, this is how you live. That's really kind of what a disciple is. But an apostle is one who is sent. An apostle is an ambassador. So when, when we read Luke 9, 10, somewhere around in there, I think it's at the end of chapter 9 that uh, Luke records Jesus as saying, um, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers refuse. So pray, therefore, to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the field. And then when it starts chapter 10, we, we know that Jesus has called uh, a number of people to go out and do ministry and, and what they're supposed to do. But he says to 12, he gave the power. He, he, yeah. he sent them, and they had his authority. So when they were praying for the sick, the sick were healed. When they were casting out demons, demons were canst, uh, cast out. When they were cleansing the skins of lepers, they were doing all the things that Jesus did because he had given them this apostolic authority. And so when we talk about apostles' teaching, uh, again, in our language, our culture, a lot of times in our understanding, we kind of just blend apostle, disciple, and make them synonymous but they're really not. Yeah, and, and I think the, the key for me and what I love about that word um, apostle and it being the one who was sent, and you hit on a little bit, was they, they go and they are sent with the authority of the one who sent them. Right. And I think that's so important to know and to understand. You know, if, if I were to send someone on my behalf to go do something, to go tell someone something, whatever it is, I'm sending them with my authority. Any, any authority that I might have I'm bestowing upon them to go right. and do, and that's that's in, a, in effect what a, an apostle is, someone who is sent. They are being sent with the authority of Christ. When You know, you think of a police officer. A police officer has the authority to, to pull your car over and examine your uh, driver's license and your registration of your vehicle or your proof of insurance. And, and you know, we, we see the badge and we see the gun. It's like that's, that's their authority and what they are doing is they're representing the you know the we the people the the, right. the government that has established those things and so we we really need to understand that every committed follower of Jesus Christ is a disciple but not every committed follower of Jesus Christ is called to be an apostle 
They're not given the apostolic authority. Uh, you and I are both ordained, and we are considered to be ordained with apostolic succession, That starting with the apostles in the Bible, and it's passed down. That that's why when we're ordained, the bishop will say, you know, take the authority. Right. Uh, yeah. Because that's kind of scary to think about. <laughs> it, it really tells you that, you know, God could have found something a lot better to create the church right. out of. Right. He, right. he did now, create it Jeff, with Jeff, I know that there was a question submitted beforehand that, that kind of hits uh, here a little bit uh, towards the front of what we're talking about. What's, uh, what's that question? Yeah, so we had one uh, submitted a little bit earlier uh, this week. Uh, is there a difference between apostleship and evangelism? That, that's an excellent question, and um, sometimes, we again, we want to categorize things so we can right. understand them. You know, like a lineman on a football team. I've always said the apostles are like a lineman on a football team. They will tear down any barrier, knock down anything that gets in the way of the goal. And I think apostles did that. When they went in, they, you know, just anything that was going to stand in the way of them establishing a church and, and helping people find Christ, they were going to do that. Of course, the primary part that we read about in Scripture is that they were doing evangelism. They were spreading the good news that Christ had risen from the dead, and we don't have to live separated from God because of our sin anymore. And so, it, you know, in that sense, apostles do the work of evangelism. There can be no doubt about that. When we talk about people in different church traditions today that have, you know, are they an apostle? The question is, well, have they started a church? Because right. that's what a lot of people associate that with. <laughs> However, when we read, uh, again, the book of Ephesians, and it, it says these gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelist, and it goes on to say, and pastors and teachers. I think it's important, too, to note there is a difference between the work of evangelism and the gift of evangelism. Uh, yeah. And I don't see myself as someone that has a, the gift of evangelism, but as a follower of Christ, we're all called to share, to the, good share news. the good news. Absolutely. And so we're all called to be a part of that and to do the work of evangelism, even even if we don't necessarily have the gift of evangelism. Uh, and, and I can give you an example of that. I've You know, my best friend, Brad Humphrey, people have heard me talk about him. You, you know Brad because yeah. he was a director at the Wesley once upon a time, and uh, I think that whole extension and the remodel was named in Brad's honor. Um, and Brad and I, when I was in campus ministry, went to Atlanta. We went to a conference. It's called the Ivy Jungle Conference, and it was about campus ministry. And so Brad and I have this habit. Whenever we get together, we feel a, an obligation to – test the chips and the salsa wherever we go and so we were there at the hotel the conference hadn't really started and so we walked down the street to a restaurant to have a diet coke and some chips and salsa and since we got there early the people hadn't gotten off work the crowd wasn't really gathering and so the the server was really chatty with us you know and we told him look this is all we're here to do don't worry we're going to take care of you because we know we're taking your spot but he, he got real chatty and and as we went on i noticed more and more he would turn his attention away from me and he would turn it to brad i'm like dude i need some diet coke you know <laughs> he's, he's engaged with brad but Brad Brad was a, had the gift of an evangelist because this guy was telling him things about his story and kind of yeah I don't want to say he was pouring his heart out but he was sharing his heart and when we left and we're walking back to the hotel I told Brad I said man you you could have led that guy to Christ right there uh, and he just kind of smiled and he said yeah I know uh, and if I knew a church around here I could get him plugged into I would have he goes but you know this is not 
my turf. I don't know where I, I, I don't want to lead him to Christ. I don't need to leave him alone. And, but he had that gift of evangelism. There are some people that are gifted to be an apostle. Um, I, that's not something I claim for myself. Um, but other people have said, you know, we believe you have that gift, but, but you're exactly right in saying there is the call for all disciples is evangelism. Yeah, it says, he, Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations. Right. And that was a call for and a command for every follower of Christ, right. not just for the 12, not just for those that were there at, at that time. Right. Right. So uh, whoever asked that question, thank you so much. Again, we want to encourage questions. And if you're watching us live right now and you have another question, we would rather uh, answer your questions and then deal with our stuff. But uh, so, you know, part of what we did was we had to, event, you know, identify who the apostles were that, you know, Peter, obviously, Acts 2, he's the one that teaches and we go back in Acts 1 and here are 10 others. And then they elected a 12 since Judas had killed himself. But the other question is, uh, what were they teaching? Yeah, what do they teach? And and I, and I thought you really addressed it well. Their focus, what you talked about, was Jesus. You know, they didn't have at, at the time they they had the letters. They were writing letters and sending to the churches that they were um, that they were planting. But they didn't have the Bible as we know it. They had right. the Old Testament scripture, but they didn't have the Bible as we know it today. So you know, they they told the story of Jesus, who Jesus was and is, because hey, right. he's not some person who died but he is alive and this is why we know that and they they told and taught what jesus taught well and, and, and because in acts 2 the people they're talking to are all jewish converts you know right. later in the book of acts we see paul going to the gentiles and how scandalous <laughs> that was in in some extent but he's trying to connect them jesus is the one you've been looking for you know all the prophets that spoke about jesus this is what you know this is one they were talking to Which could be anywhere from 300 to six or seven 574 yeah yeah and i've done some reading on that too and really a lot of it depends on um when they said that uh you know the the coming messiah was a b and c yeah and then another passage if it would say a b and c are you counting that as six different prophecies right. or is that three different or two different because it's an and so that's why those numbers are so all over the place. It and, depends on how you count it. And I appreciate you saying that because it's like, I, I, I'm not going to count them. Right, right. <laughs> you know, right. If I, I just, in doing research about things, you just saw different numbers. And it's like, okay, if, if, if people, if you ever fact check us on sermons, you need to know there's sometimes we know the answer. And sometimes it's like, well, there's a lot of discussion. Right, right. And so, yeah, <laughs> well, that's that. what they would do. They, they pointed back and they said, look, uh, this passage here, it says this, this, and this. That is who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. That is who he embodied. And so they told the story of Jesus. And then, you know, in Matthew, it says uh, not only to go make disciples of all nations, but to teach them to obey all I have commanded. Right. So then they would begin saying, and Jesus commanded this, love your neighbors. But not only that, love your enemies and, and begin to go through yeah. the, those things that Jesus was teaching. And, and it was all about Jesus. And that's so interesting because it's to teach them all the things I have commanded you. And so often, again, thinking in the connecting the dots, these were Jewish right. people that now believed in Jesus that in the Sermon on the Mount, well, you heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Or you have heard uh, that thou shalt not commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery. Right. I mean, Jesus was really 
honing it in. And I think that's why it was important that for the Jewish converts, they understood he was the Messiah and right. he is the Messiah. And, and, and this is what it means. But the, the other part of this is this, this is kind of how I imagine it. If you truly meet an apostle, if you meet someone and man, that's what they're there to teach. That's where, what they're to teach. Uh, in our culture today, a lot of people want to know things about the Bible, but, but it's not about Jesus. Right. You know, it's like, uh, how am I, how can I be a Christian parent? Mm -hmm. You know, what does, what does the Bible teach about this? Well, you have to have a pastor and a teacher again, not to try to compartmentalize things too rigidly, uh, you know, or how to pray. Okay. They ask Jesus how to pray. And what'd he say? Just, okay. When you pray, say this. Right. Uh, and yet we see Jesus praying in different ways at different times for other things. And so you don't want to be too rigid in saying apostles only teach about Jesus, but in the early church, when they were committed to apostolic teaching, that's what they were telling right. them about. It's, it's later as the church grows and develops. I mean, Paul was always having to go back and say, people, didn't I teach you this already? Didn't right. I teach you this? <laughs> well, and so, and so many of the, the letters, I think, are in response to what's going on in the, in the early church, in those church plants, and mm -hmm. the friction that they were experiencing, the persecution they were experiencing, the, the questions that they had. Well, what did Jesus mean by this? And I don't remember Jesus talking about that. So how do we live out our faith in this instance or that instance? And so that's where you begin to see the development of the, the rest of the New Testament with the, the letters from, that, are, that are sent to the churches that are telling the story of Jesus and then additional things that were important in discipleship right. and following Jesus. If we look at first and second Timothy, those were letters where Paul's trying to encourage Timothy. This is how you lead the church. This is how you deal with things. It, it really was kind of a, a senior apostle bringing and training a younger apostle at that point. And of course, for the, the ones we read about in the book of Acts, it, it's probably worth remembering there were qualifications for Mattathias to be elected to take Judas's place. He had to be someone who had traveled with him. He had to be someone who had seen the resurrected Lord. And so apostleship then meant something a little different. But, you know, even Paul said, I was the apostle untimely born because he didn't see Jesus post-resurrection until his Damascus Road experience. Right, right. Now, I love the, the point that you made towards the end of your sermon on Sunday, and it really gets back to the beginning of this passage where it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and really hit on that devoted part where you said it doesn't matter what the apostles teach if we're not committed to learning. Right. You know, I think one of the reasons that was kind of um, stirring in my spirit, I, I th I th a couple of things is, number one, you know, when the church is doing ministry, you know, our mission is making disciples, people that can share the good news, people that know who Jesus is. And so we have Bible study so we can teach all this stuff. And it's not that we're having Bible study just because that's what a church is supposed right. to do. It's we're having Bible study because it's important that we commit ourselves to learning what the Bible says. I, I, again, I mean, I've read the Bible cover to cover a lot of times in my life, and every time there's stuff, it's like, man, I don't ever remember reading that before. But there's also the, wow, I, that's different to me today. I yeah. Mean, yeah, we go through and we have our own experiences, and mm -hmm. we come to Scripture with those experiences a lot of times and are looking for, for us to be able to interpret our experiences through the lens of Scripture. And so every single time we come, we may read the same passage 
three, four times over and over, and it's going to hit differently based on what we've been experiencing and mm-hmm. other passages that we've read and other experiences that we've had with God or with other believers. And so that's that's why I love the the idea of it being the living Word of God. Yeah, is that it yeah. is it is active and present in our lives. It's not just a a book with words in it, um, but it's it's living and it it speaks directly into our lives um and it does it will hit differently in different seasons of our life it's always interesting how words are are so easily connected so when i think of the word devoted you know again the word committed comes to mind Mm -hmm. uh i hear olivia newton john singing from greece yeah jeff's over there nodding his head you know i am hopelessly devoted to you and you know because whatever uh john travolta what was his you know, she was Sandy, and he was who was he? Who was John? I've, I've not seen Greece, so I don't have. I can't. Oh help my you. gosh! Well, yeah, anyhow, I'm blank. <laughs> <laughs> somebody out there, let us know who John Travolta's uh, Danny was. It Danny Zuko? Yeah, it was Danny. Danny, yeah. So, uh, but she was singing. Gosh, I'm just you know, doesn't matter what this guy does, doesn't matter how he treats me, I'm just hopelessly devoted to him. And when we think of our devotion to Christ. We think of having our quiet time, our personal uh, devotional right. time. I, I, you know, I, I love the idea that my devotional time is time where I'm showing Christ. I'm devoted to right. you. Yeah, I think of the word committed. I think of the word intentional, and I think mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about that in last week's podcast. Yeah, we did. But um, it's one of those things that um, very few things that are of significance in our life happen by accident. Right, you don't accidentally lose fifteen pounds. Right, you don't accidentally all of a sudden get in shape. You don't accidentally go run a marathon. Those things are things that require us to be committed, devoted, and intentional. And I think the same is true about our discipleship and following Jesus. You don't accidentally become a, a more committed follower of Jesus. You don't accidentally um, learn the Bible. It, it comes from being devoted and committed right. and intentional. And, and that kind of daily commitment of spending time in the Word um, is where um, we we grow, and, and it's an intentional thing, right? You don't accidentally gain 50 pounds. I mean, you may right. say, oh, I didn't mean to, right. but you ate Oreos every single day that may have only been 300 calories here or 300 calories there, but yeah. over an extended amount of time, it adds up. And I think the same is true, even if it's 5, 10 minutes in the Word, over weeks and months and years, that adds up to a lot of time in the Word um, over the course of um, you know that time period. Right, and so here's the question I have for you: uh, Who who is it that would be an apostle in your life? Who who teaches you about Christ? What what is some uh, intentional, purposeful thing you do to help you grow closer to Christ? Yeah, so. One thing, and this isn't related to the apostle part, but I think that um, we can learn from anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, those that are in further stages of life that maybe have more education or more experience, those that are younger than us that maybe have less education or less experience, um, we're called to be lifelong learners, and we can learn in any situation and from anyone. It just takes looking for it in some cases. Sometimes it's harder than in others. Mm-hmm. But some of the people in my life, um, and, and really... Um, it was something over the last five years that has really um, helped me is there's a, a group of pastors that I meet with every single week. And um, it, there's some accountab- accountability there. There's, um, you know, we're all in similar seasons of life. And, um, and so there's some of those things. But also I look to them as well 
in terms of that apostolic teaching where they are sharing what their experience has been with the scripture that they're reading with in their personal time. And, um, you know, you have been someone over the oh, last wow. four years that as I was, you know, going through the ups and downs of being a campus pastor and knowing that you're someone that's near where I was that had that experience and began reaching out to you and that you know, relationship began to grow over the last four years. And right. so you're also someone that, um, that I've looked to, um, recently, um, and, and even more so now that, you know, we're working together and, and, um, um, looking forward to that relationship growing even more over the next, um, you know, several years. Um, well, thank you for that. Wow. I didn't expect that. That's not what I was asking, but, but I can say there, there's a mutual feeling there because, you know, I'm of a different generation than right. you, went to a different seminary, all that, but I still believe there's a lot I can learn from you. I think for, for me, you know, there who are some voices I like to listen to? Um, if it comes to talking about prayer and how prayer is just such a vital part of how we live, the, the a person that speaks to me probably is two of them. Number one is Jim Cimbala. I actually yeah. talked about him a few weeks ago in a, a sermon. Uh, I think uh, Stephanie may have talked about him. I think she shared a story about one of the his daughter associate pastors in the church. Yeah, saying who, we need to homeless. pray right now. No, I shared the one about oh, the pastor that, that was okay. homeless. I'm she mixing the she shared about now. his his daughter who had gone off on a That's wild right. hair and That's right. how somebody said, man, we got to pray for her right now. That's and right. She comes home. Anyhow, <laughs> not to relive that, but, but when it talks about prayer, um, and that, that's, that's a voice I listen to. Yeah. Another person is actually a retired United Methodist pastor. His name is Terry Takele. And he's somebody I've heard him speak a couple of times. And every time I hear him speak, I'm just like, <sighs> why am I not more committed to prayer? <laughs> you know, because uh, he helps me to bring up my level of commitment, you know, yeah. that, that whatever um, I want to do, where, wherever my growing edges in my faith, those are a couple of voices, at least in the area of prayer, that help me to be more devoted to Christ in, in what yeah, I'm doing. And, and what I found is the best teachers are those that not only encourage, but challenge. Yeah. Uh, because that, that's how, you know, you want someone that's encouraging you, that's not putting you down, pointing your finger at you, saying, why aren't you any better, but also is challenging you and equipping you to be able to, to feel like you have a, a more committed prayer life or whatever the area is. And, and, and I think this is what, one of the places where devotion really comes in. Most of us don't want to be challenged, I don't think. Right. Uh, we want to be inspired. Yeah. You know, we come to church, we want to be inspired. We don't want somebody stepping on our toes. And if we step on your toes, please know that, you know, we're just trying to faithfully communicate what the Holy Spirit has said to us. So the Holy Spirit may be stepping on your toes. It's not our intention to do that, even though sometimes we know I'm going to step on some toes right. when I, well, I, I say it, this. Sometimes I step on my own toes <laughs> as I'm reading something going, oh, my gosh, I, I've messed that up. Yeah, I and, and that's that, that's this is helpful for people to know when we're preaching we have already lived with this sermon we, we have you know god has been speaking to us already ab about these kind of things but it, but it's so important that we commit ourselves that we are devoted that we have intention that we have purpose in in how we live our lives and how we learn more about christ and how we uh you know keep closer to christ because a lot of times you'll you'll find people that aren't really committed and what happens is they're like Faith doesn't work for me, and it's because they haven't worked at their faith, right. and that's why in you know closing out the uh, sermon, I I just I wanted people to know that when you 
commit yourself to apostolic learning. When you learn from the apostles who Jesus is, how Jesus wants us to live, um, then in those moments when life is just tossing us and turning us, uh, we're, we're not shaken. Right. We're, we're, we're rock solid. In those moments when we just feel weak and powerless, that's okay because his strength is made perfect in our weakness, so we're, we're not powerless at all. And in those times when uh, we really have devoted ourselves, we'll find like it, you know, even though life is hard, you know, our faith is priceless. Yeah. You know, our, our relationship with Christ sustains us. So any closing thoughts you have for folks today? Uh, not, not really. No, I think we, we covered a lot of it. I really appreciated um, your, your words this week on apostleship. It's not something that I think many of us, myself included, have given a, given a lot of thought to. I think a lot of times disciple and apostle are kind of interchangeable, uh, especially you know how we use it with the 12 disciples or the 12 right. apostles. Um, but I think it's been, it's been good to, to kind of look at how there is some distinctions there um, when thinking about uh, how God has created the church and brings about all these different gifts and, um, and to, to building the church up and how each gift is so important. <clears throat> very good, very good. Well, friends, thank you for joining us today. Again, we're, we're thankful every week when you tune in, whether you're tuning in live or you're watching this on demand, we are grateful. do want to remind you that this Sunday, the last Sunday of June, will be Pastor Stephanie's last Sunday on our church staff. I actually asked her if she wanted to preach and she said, Oh, I preached in May. And, uh, so she's not going to be preaching Sunday, but, uh, she will be singing and ministering in music following the 1050 service. We will have a reception for her in our community life center. We're encouraging people to bring a, a card or something. Uh, so you can express your gratitude to her and we can bless her. She's not leaving the church, but she is going to be gone for a while to uh, travel with her husband and also just create space for the next staff person will be. Uh, that's not going to happen anytime soon, so we don't know who that is yet. But as always, we would invite you to be uh, present in worship. Our 815 service is a more traditional service. Our 930 and 1050 are more modern. And, of course, we live stream the 815 and the 1050 so you can join us uh, whenever it's convenient. Again, thank you for tuning in. God bless you. Hope we see you on Sunday. Hey, friends. D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship. But we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name, and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe it'll work for you. God bless you.